Chapter Eighteen of Across the Years. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ina Dabisher. Across the Years by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Eighteen: A New England Idol. The Hapgood twins were born in the great square house that sat back from the road just on the outskirts of Fairtown. Their baby eyes had opened upon a world of faded portraits and somber haircloth furniture, and their baby hands had eagerly clutched at crystal pendants on brass candlesticks, gleaming out of the sacred darkness that enveloped the parlor mantle. When older grown they had played dolls in the wonderful attic and made mud pies in the wilderness of a backyard the garden had been a fairyland of delight to their toddling feet and the apple trees a fragrant shelter for their first attempts at housekeeping from babyhood to girlhood the charm of the old place grew upon them so much so that the thought of leaving it for homes of their own became distasteful to them and they looked with scant favor upon the occasional village youths who sauntered up the path presumably on courtship bent the reverend john hapgood a man who ruled himself and all about him with the iron rod of a rigid old-school orthodoxy died when the twins were twenty and the frail little woman who as his wife had for thirty years lived and moved solely because he expected breath and motion of her followed soon in his footsteps and then the twins were left alone in the great square house on the hill miss tabitha and miss rachel were not the only children of the family there had been a son the first-born and four years their senior the headstrong boy and the iron rule had clashed and the boy when sixteen years old had fled leaving no trace behind him if the reverend john hapgood grieved for his wayward son the members of his household knew it not save as they might place their own constructions on the added sternness to his eyes and the deepening lines about his mouth paul when it designated the graceless runaway was a forbidden word in the family and even the epistles in the sacred book bearing the prohibited name came to be avoided by the head of the house in the daily readings it was still music in the hearts of the women however though it never passed their lips and when the little mother lay dying she remembered and spoke of her boy the habit of years still fettered her tongue and kept it from uttering the name if he comes you know if he comes be kind be good she murmured her breath short and labored don't punish she whispered he was yet a lad in her disordered vision don't punish forgive years had passed since then years of peaceful morning and placid afternoons and paul had never appeared each purpling of the lilacs in the spring and reddening of the apples in the fall took on new shades of loveliness in the fond eyes of the twins and every blade of grass and tiny shrub became sacred to them on the tenth of june their thirty-fifth birthday the place had never looked so lovely a small table laid with spotless linen and gleaming silver stood beneath the largest apple tree a mute witness that the ladies were about to celebrate their birthday the tenth of june being the only day that the solemn dignity of the dining-room 
was deserted for the frivolous freedom of the lawn rachel came out of the house and sniffed the air joyfully delicious she murmured somehow the tenth of june is especially fine every year in careful uplifted hands she bore a round frosted cake always the chief treasure of the birthday feast the cake was covered with tiny colored candies so dear to the heart of a child miss rachel always bought those candies at the village store with the apology i want them for tabitha's birthday cake you know she thinks so much of pretty things tabitha invariably made the cake and iced it and as she dropped the bits of colored sugar into place she would explain to huldy who occasionally helped in the kitchen i wouldn't miss the candy for the world my sister thinks so much of it so each deceived herself with this pleasant bit of fiction and yet had what she herself most wanted rachel carefully placed the cake in the center of the table feasted her eyes on its toothsome loveliness then turned and hurried back to the house the door had scarcely shut behind her when a small ragged urchin darted in at the street gate snatched the cake and at a sudden sound from the house dashed out of sight behind a shrub close by the sound that had frightened the boy was the tapping of the heels of miss tabitha's shoes along the back porch the lady descended the steps crossed the lawn and placed a saucer of pickles and a plate of dainty sandwiches on the table why i thought rachel brought the cake she said aloud it must be in the house there's other things to get anyway i'll go back again the click of the door brought the small boy close to the table filling both hands with sandwiches he slipped behind the shrub just as the ladies came out of the house together rachel carried a small tray laden with sauce and tarts tabitha one with water and steaming tea as they neared the table each almost dropped her burden why where's my cake and my sandwiches there's the plate it was on rachel's voice was growing in terror and mine too cried tabitha with distended eyes fastened on some bits of bread and meat all that the small brown hands had left it's burglars robbers rachel looked furtively over her shoulder and all your lovely cake almost sobbed tabitha it-it was yours too said the other with a catch in her voice oh dear what can have happened to it i never heard of such a thing right in broad daylight the sisters had long ago set their trays upon the ground and were now wringing their hands helplessly suddenly a small figure appeared before them holding out four sadly crushed sandwiches and half of a crumbling cake i'm sorry awful sorry i didn't think i was so hungry i'm afraid there ain't very much left he added with rueful eyes on the sandwiches no i should say not vouchsafed rachel her voice firm now that the size of the burglar was declared tabitha only gasped the small boy placed the food upon the empty plates and rachel's lips twitched as she saw that he clumsily tried to arrange it in an orderly fashion there ma'am that looks pretty good he finally announced with some pride tabitha made an involuntary gesture of aversion 
rachel laughed outright then her face grew suddenly stern boy what do you mean by such actions she demanded his eyes fell and his cheeks showed red through the tan i was hungry but didn't you know it was stealing she asked her face softening i didn't stop to think it looked so good i couldn't help taking it he dug his bare toes in the grass for a moment in silence then he raised his head with a jerk and stood squarely on both feet i hain't got any money but i'll work to pay for it bringin wood in or somethin the dear child murmured two voices softly i've got to find my folks some time but i'll do the work first maybe an hour'll pay for it most he looked hopefully into miss rachel's face who are your folks she asked huskily by way of answer he handed out a soiled crumpled envelope for her inspection on which was written reverend john hapgood why it's father what exclaimed tabitha her sister tore the note open with shaking fingers it's from paul she breathed hesitating a conscientious moment over the name then she turned her startled eyes on the boy who was regarding her with lively interest do i belong to you he asked anxiously i i don't know who are you what's your name ralph hapgood tabitha had caught up the note and was devouring it with swift moving eyes it's paul's boy rachel she broke in only think of it paul's boy and she dropped the bit of paper and enveloped the lad in a fond but tearful embrace he squirmed uneasily i'm sorry i eat up my own folks's things i'll go to work any time he suggested trying to draw away and wiping a tear splash from the back of his hands on his trousers but it was long hours before ralph hapgood was allowed to go to work tears kisses embraces questions a bath and clean clothes followed each other in quick succession the clothes being some of his own father's boyhood garments her story was quickly told his mother was long since dead and his father had written on his dying bed the letter that commanded the boy so soon to be orphaned to the pity and care of his grandparents the sisters trembled and changed color at the story of the boy's hardships on the way to fairtown and they plied him with questions and sandwiches in about equal proportions after he told of the frequent dinnerless days and supperless nights of the journey that evening when the boy was safe in bed clean full-stomached and sleepily content the sisters talked it over the reverend john hapgood in his will had cut off his recreant son with the proverbial shilling so by law there was little coming to ralph this however the sisters overlooked in calm disdain we must keep him anyhow said rachel with decision yes indeed the dear child he's twelve for all he's so small but he hasn't had much schooling we must see to that we want him well educated continued rachel a pink spot showing in either cheek indeed we do we'll send him to college i wonder now 
wouldn't he like to be a doctor perhaps admitted the other cautiously or a minister sure enough he might like that better i'm going to ask him and she sprang to her feet and tripped across the room to the parlor bedroom door ralph she called softly after turning the knob are you asleep huh N no ma'am the voice nearly gave the lie to the words well dear we were wondering would you rather be a minister or a doctor she asked much as though she were offering for choice a peach and a pear a doctor came emphatically from out of the dark there was no sleep in the voice i've always wanted to be a doctor you shall oh you shall promised the woman ecstatically going back to her sister and from that time all their lives were ordered with that one end in view the hapgood twins were far from wealthy they owned a homestead but their income was small and the added mouth to fill and that a hungry one counted as the years passed haldy came less and less frequently to help in the kitchen and the sisters gowns grew more and more rusty and darned ralph boylike noticed nothing indeed half the year he was away at school but as the time drew near for the college course and its attendant expenses the sisters were sadly troubled we might sell suggested tabitha a little choke in her voice rachel started why sister sell oh no we couldn't do that she shuddered but what can we do do why lots of things rachel's lips came together with a snap it's coming berry time and there's our chickens and the garden did beautifully last year then there's your lace and my knitting they bring something sell oh we couldn't do that and she abruptly left the room and went out into the yard there she lovingly trained a wayward vine with new shoots going wrong and gloated over the rose bushes heavy with crimson buds but as the days and weeks flew by and september drew the nearer rachel's courage failed her berries had been scarce the chickens had died the garden had suffered from drought and but for their lace and knitting work their income would have dwindled to a pitiful sum indeed ralph had been gone all summer he had asked to go camping and fishing with some of his school friends he was expected home a week before the college opened however tabitha grew more and more restless every day finally she spoke rachel will have to sell there isn't any other way it would bring a lot she continued hurriedly before her sister could speak and we could find some pretty room somewhere it wouldn't be so very dreadful don't tabitha seems as though i couldn't bear even to speak of it sell oh tabitha then her voice changed from a piteous appeal to one of forced conviction we couldn't get anywhere near what it's worth tabitha anyway no one here wants it or can afford to buy it for what it ought to bring it is really absurd to think of it of course if i had an offer a good big one that would be quite another thing but there's no hope of that 
rachel's lips said hope but her heart said danger and the latter was what she really meant she did not know that but two hours before a stranger had said to a fair town lawyer i want a summer home in this locality you don't happen to know of a good old treasure of a homestead for sale do you i do not replied the lawyer there's a place on the edge of the village that would be just the ticket but i don't suppose it could be bought for love nor money where is it asked the man eagerly you never know what money can do to say nothing of love till you try the lawyer chuckled softly it's the hapgood place i'll drive you over to-morrow it's owned by two old maids and they worship every stick and stone and blade of grass that belongs to it however i happen to know that cash is rather scarce with them and there's ample chance for love if the money fails he added with a twitching of his lips when the two men drove into the yard that august morning the hapgood twins were picking nasturtiums and the flaming yellow and scarlets lighted up their sombre gowns and made patches of brilliant colour against the grey of the house by jove it's a picture exclaimed the would-be purchaser the lawyer smiled and sprang to the ground introductions swiftly followed then he cleared his throat in some embarrassment <clears throat> i brought mr hazelton up here ladies because he was interested in your beautiful place miss rachel smiled the smile of proud possession then something within her seems to tighten and she caught her breath sharply it is fine murmured hazelton and the view is grand he continued his eyes on the distant hills then he turned abruptly ladies i believe in coming straight to the point i want a summer home and i want this one can i tempt you to part with it indeed no began rachel almost fiercely then her voice sank to a whisper i-i don't think you could but sister interposed tabitha her face alight you know you said that is there are circumstances perhaps he would but pay enough her voice tumbled over the hated word then stopped while her face burned scarlet pay no human mortal could pay for this house flashed rachel indignantly then she turned to hazelton her slight form drawn to its greatest height and her hands crushing the flowers she held till the brittle stem snapped releasing a fluttering shower of scarlet and gold mr hazelton to carry out certain wishes very near to our hearts we need money we will show you the place and we will consider your offer she finished faintly it was a dreary journey the sisters took that morning though the garden had never seemed lovelier nor the rooms more sacredly beautiful in the end hazelton's offer was so fabulously enormous to their unwilling ears that their conscience forbade them to refuse it i'll have the necessary papers ready to sign in a few days said the lawyer as the two gentlemen turned to go and hazelton added if at any time before that you change your mind and find you cannot give it up just let me know and it'll be all right 
just think it over till then he said kindly the dumbo in their eyes appealing to him as the loudest lamentations could not have done but if you don't mind i'd like to have an architect who is in town just now come up and look it over with me he finished certainly sir certainly said rachel longing for the man to go but when he was gone he wished him back anything would be better than this aimless wandering from room to room and from yard to garden and back again i suppose he will sit here murmured tabitha dropping wearily on to the settee under the apple trees i suppose so her sister assented i wonder if she knows how to grow roses they'll certainly die if she doesn't and rachel crushed the worm under her foot with unnecessary vigor oh i hope they'll tend to the vines on the summer-house rachel and the pansies you don't think they'll let them run to seed do you oh dear and tabitha sprang nervously to her feet and started back to the house mr hazelton appeared the next morning with two men an architect and a landscape gardener rachel was in the summer-house and the first she knew of their presence was the sound of talking outside you'll want to grade it down there she heard a strange voice say and fill in that little hollow clear away all those rubbishy poses and mass your flowering shrubs in the background those roses are no particular good i fancy will move such as are worth anything and make a rose bed on the south side we'll talk over the varieties you want later of course these apple trees and those lilacs will be cut down and this summer-house will be out of the way you'll be surprised a few changes will do wonders and he stopped abruptly a woman tall flushed and angry-eyed stood before him in the path she opened her lips but no sound came mr hazelton was lifting his hat the flush faded and her eyes closed as though to shut out some painful sight then she bowed her head with a proud gesture and sped along the way to the house once inside she threw herself sobbing upon the bed tabitha found her there an hour later you poor dear they've gone now she comforted rachel raised her head they're going to cut down everything every single thing she gasped i know it choked tabitha and they're going to tear out lots of doors inside and build in windows and things oh rachel what shall we do i don't know oh i don't know moaned the woman on the bed diving into the pillows and hugging them close to her head we we might give up selling he said we could if we wanted to but there's ralph i know it oh dear what can we do rachel suddenly sat upright do why we'll stand it of course we just mustn't mind if it turns the house into a hotel and the yard into a, a pasture she said hysterically we must just think of ralph and of his being a doctor come let's go to the village and see if we can rent the tenement of old mrs goddard's with a long sigh and a smothered sob tabitha went to get her hat 
mrs goddard greeted the sisters effusively and displayed her bits of rooms and the tiny square of yard with the plainly expressed wish that the place might be their home the twins said little but their eyes were troubled they left with a promise to think it over and let mrs goddard know i didn't suppose rooms could be so little whispered tabitha as they closed the gate behind them we couldn't grow as much as a sunflower in that yard faltered rachel well anyhow we could have some house plants tabitha tried to speak cheerfully indeed we could agreed rachel rising promptly to her sister's height and after all little rooms are lots cheaper to heat than big ones and there the matter ended for the time being mr hazelton and the lawyer with the necessary papers appeared a few days later as the lawyer took off his hat he handed a letter to miss rachel i stepped into the office and got your mail he said genially thank you replied the lady trying to smile it's from ralph handing it over for her sister to read both the ladies were in sombre black a ribbon or a brooch seemed out of place to them that day tabitha broke the seal of the letter and retired to the light of the window to read it the papers were spread on the table and the pen was in rachel's hand when a scream from tabitha shattered the oppressive silence of the room stop stop oh stop rushing to her sister and snatching the pen from her fingers we don't have to see read pointing to the postscript written in a round boyish hand oh i say i've got a surprise for you you think i've been fishing and loafing all summer but i've been working for the hotels here the whole time i've got a fine start on my money for college and i've got a chance to work for my board all this year by helping professor heaton i met him here this summer and he's the right sort every time i've intended all along to help myself a bit when it came to the college racket but i didn't mean to tell you until i knew i could do it but it's a sure thing now bye-bye i'll be home next saturday your affectionate nephew ralph rachel had read this aloud but her voice ended in a sob instead of in the boy's name hazelton brushed the back of his hand across his eyes and the lawyer looked intently out the window for a moment there was a silence that could be felt then hazelton stepped to the table and fumbled noisily with the papers ladies i withdraw my offer he announced i can't afford to buy this house i can't possibly afford it it's too expensive and without another word he left the room motioning the lawyer to follow the sisters looked into each other's eyes and drew a long sobbing breath rachel is it true oh tabitha let's let's go out under the apple trees and just know that they are there and hand in hand they went End of chapter 18 End of Across the Years by Eleanor H. Porter